all the podcasts I listen to have this nice habit of I know I get the giant bomb cast on Wednesday. When I wake up Wednesday, it will have downloaded into my phone and be like, hey, you can listen to the giant bomb cast. And I'm like, this is something I should emulate. It, it's, it's in your phone Monday morning kind of thing. Yeah. No, I like that. Yeah, me too. As much as it is, you know, fun and tense being like, okay, 11.59, lift you 59 30 seconds. No, no, it's not here. <laughs> it's as much fun as that is. No, for a while I kept threatening. Last time I was at Implode, actually, I threatened to do some, like, daily content, or just, like, do a daily news show, and I'm like, I don't have the internet upload speeds to not want to kill myself for that. Yep. Like, the Machinima guys, for all the ins- do the, they still do, the Inside Gaming daily news updates, and the issue is they're stuck filming those at, like, 3 in the afternoon, so they can be up by six in the afternoon West Coast time, because mm-hmm. it's like it's it's like yes, it's only a ten minute thing normally, but if it's longer, you get fucked on the upload time potentially, and you still have all the post production to do once it's on YouTube. Actually, yep, yeah, no, and I'm like, yeah, I could do that, but I don't hate myself that much. Yeah, we don't have much or as much post production, but we also don't have a team of people doing it either. It's me, yeah, no, at the yeah, post. At, it is Charlie. <laughs> the post production is me. I'm like, ah, the post. Like, Jen enjoys the fact I will make jokes about how it's like, yeah, the editing department's not going to like this episode. Aren't you the editing department? Shut up. <laughs> Shut up, or I'll tell HR. Aren't you HR? Shut up, or I'll talk to. Oh, so I, 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 I've told you the joke about the SWSHR department, right? <laughs> no, we have so, one. Uh, so a long, long time ago, back when we were still doing Exploring Destiny videos, we had a site member named Morgan, who um, some of you that listen may or may not remember. But uh, so um, we started technically making money on the YouTube channel, and around that time I had my girlfriend start doing better logos for us and stuff like that. So I, I think it's like I started asking, like, okay, hey, I can't pay you, but maybe I will be able to someday, and it'd be really awesome if, like, I, I am the best graphic design client, because it's like, no, I want, like, here's what I'm going for. That's I made this thing. That is fucking cool looking. That'll work perfectly. But so, like, suddenly all of our graphic stuff started getting really nice looking. It's also around the time I learned After Effects, so I started putting a lot more effort into our intros and stuff like that. And as a result, the overall kind of professional level quality of the channel came up some. And Morgan's like, hey, who's doing your, like, um, intro stuff? And I'm like, oh, that's uh, that's the graphics department now. You know, we've got some people in there working hard. He's like, wait, you guys have a graphics department now? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's like, wait, like, so it's more than just you doing editing? Eh, technically, yeah. How do you get that job, dude? You don't want to know how you get that job. Why? Oh, yeah, you, you have, have to suck to, the owner's dick. You have to suck <laughs> the owner's dick so fucking hard. But you're the owner. Yeah. Yeah, you do. <laughs> HR is not pleased with it, but seeing as HR is also on the dick-sucking end, they're like, eh, whatever, it's right of passage. Like, this goes on for five or goes like, wait, you're the new graphics department, aren't you? I'm like, no, the girl I'm dating is... Mm. He thought you were sucking your own dick. Get that flexible. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast. You got I it am right. Jeff, and I didn't fuck up the intro. 
I'm so proud. I'll be back to fucking it up next week. Episode My scolding 13. was long and vicious. Episode 13 is special, apparently. <laughs> the luck of episode 13, bringing about the correct intro. From you, not me. I'm going to have to do, like, a pre-recording, like, on my cell phone, so you just hold up to my microphone that, <laughs> with it done correctly. Oh, uh, I can And just hear, like, welcome to the Wicked Awesome Podcast. This is episode 14. Now, no Thank me, you for joining us. Knowing me, would be like, welcome to the... Charlotte, you have a sample of me saying it correctly. Yeah, it didn't feel authentic to not pull from, like, nine different sources, though. Yeah, but you weren't beat-matched. I couldn't quantitize that. This is true. I... For those just joining us, we are Something Wicked Studios' official podcast, or the official podcast of Something Wicked Studios, if you will. We're a YouTube and channel. We post until stuff. Until someone rips us off and makes the unofficial Something Wicked Studios podcast. Yeah, that, that. <laughs> a side podcast, the unofficial Something Wicked Studios podcast, hosted by SomethingWickedStudios.net. I mean, we've already been reported by ourselves before. Maybe this is the unofficial podcast. You're right. Maybe we're far enough down the hole. I am on the official and unofficial podcast simultaneously. But yeah, if you like YouTube gaming videos, go check us out on YouTube. We're Something Wicked Studios, etc., etc. We also have a lovely website called somethingwickedstudios.net where stuff happens. And on like Twitch. News S- articles. We're also on Twitch at SWS Live. I promise things will start happening there eventually, but who knows? Live streaming is time-consuming and hard. Hmm. But yeah, Jeff, how was your week? My week was good. So, this week's been really weird for me. I've played very little in the way of video games, with reason. Which is, I'm hoping this upcoming weekend I'm going to be, uh... I have, like, the slight potential that I might get to play guitar alongside a DJ at a uh, party. And because of that, I have dedicated my last week entirely to, like, writing guitar and electronica mishmash tracks and, like, actually, like, okay, now I need to play this song 100 times and then kick that tree 100 times. And if I fail to kick the tree 100 times, I have to play the song 200 times type shit. Yeah. Um, so I spent my entire week essentially in Ableton (laughs) uh, and playing guitar and then today before I get on the podcast uh, Charlie messaged me and was like hey I can you know do the podcast really if you can and I was having to do I wasn't able to do it because I had to do all the guitar practice today that I'll be missing doing the podcast to get ready and then I spent like half an hour looking for my fucking capo and as far as I know, that fucker's still at large, and I cannot find the goddamn capo. That's on you, man. SWS it, it is, is not liable for your lost equipment. It is, it is not. But uh, I did show up on time for the regularly scheduled one. Yeah. So yeah, I, I am here, fortunately. Yeah. I'm still missing a fucking capo. So somewhere. what's the occasion of the DJ versus guitarist thing? Um, one of the friends, is, or one of our friends is... Uh, I think it's a graduation party, and she's having... This person's got Fundar, so she's got, like, two DJs playing. I think, like, a Battle of the Bands type thing. She's going to have, like, a rock band playing, and then she wants to have... what the hell's Fundar? Fundar, a person who has radar for fun and can detect Uh, it. Um, It's not, like, an app or something, unfortunately. I thought it might have been a thing. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, it was a very, very reasonable comment. I am old um, and disconnected from the youth. 
<laughs> That's I learned that phrase from my mom. So maybe you're old and disconnected from the ancient. I'm too young to be old. Too old to understand Snapchat. Yep. So, um, the friends having like there's gonna be battle bands, and then the whole thing's supposed to end with some like acoustic bonfire thing. So, some kind of hippy dippy kind of cool thing that I wrote a couple of tracks, and then I t- reconstructed a few songs from scratch. So I guess one that I can explain that was kind of fun to make, and I'll. I admit I did not invent this idea. It is out on the internet. You can go find it already done. But I did make my own guitar delete of it and built the entire strong song from scratch. Which is, um... I have... Or there's this album out there called Cybrid Theory. Where these people mix together Gungam style with Linkin Park's oh, first album. Lord. And uh, I did an entire reconstruction of the song One Step Closer with Gungam style over it. And it comes out hilarious because it makes Gungam style sound gangster when it's behind like angry metal guitars instead of sounding poppy. That's, it just let's gets stop this, calling like, Lincoln Park metal. They're okay, something fair, 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 fair. But uh, when you put guitars behind uh, Psy, it makes him sound like he's doing like up in your face, like Dr. Dre style gangster rap. It's really funny. So I t- took a lot of hours to get that song down, like. Get every drum perfect, get the bass perfect, get the vocals lined up, because it isn't the... The vocals aren't in order. They had to be reassigned to make sense in, like, okay, this is a chorus section, this is a verse. Um, But, so that's just one example of the things I worked on. And then I just spent a shit ton of time working on that. And I played, like, only one game of League a night, which for me, I should be, like, convulsing and going into withdrawal with that. To be fair, that was, like, two and a half hours of gaming a night, so... Well, I got that down to one. <laughs> so, that was my week. How was yours, Charlie? Weird. Ooh, really weird. weird. In a good way, but weird still. Mm-hmm. So, I guess we'll start with the first thing. So, um... Uh, on Sunday, we had the Extra Life Mini Marathon. Again, we record on Thursdays, so not the Sunday directly after the podcast goes up. But so um, I'm part of Extra Life LA. We'll talk more about that as we get closer to the event, probably. Raises money for kids, et cetera, et cetera. We had a mini marathon, which was fun. It The events are getting more and more confusing as time goes on, though, because... It's not totally clear with some frequency what the exact goal of the events are. But overall, it was fun. We played video games for 12 hours in a hospital. Some kids came and hung out. Hmm. Yeah, it's cute, whatever the right word is. We played a lot of Gang Beast. Probably doing something with Gang Beast eventually. Mm-hmm. It's a what? dangerous game. Gang Beast? It's the best wrestling game ever made that's not an actual wrestling game. Hmm. WWF or Luchador? backyard wrestling like it's like it's like um almost like gumby claymation style characters that fight in these kind of like super simplified environments where it's like a wrestling ring or a factory of meat grinders and shit like that yep i saw this in a uh think during e3 yeah we talked about it at e3 and yeah this game looked fantastic then too the early access has been out forever which means if you have a pc you can play around with it it's coming to ps4 eventually but I've only played it on a couple occasions because it's one of those things where it's like 
The single player, I don't even think actually exists, but if you can get four people around it to play, it is a fucking riot. Mm. It is a fantastic game. It's very reminiscent of uh, Mount Your Friends. Yes, I'd say more Nidhoggy because it's like the actual playing of it is half of like, no, there is some skill to it. Not Your Friends Mm -hmm. is like, well, this is just weird. Awesome weird, but weird nonetheless. Yep. Yeah. No, I played that. We did a live stream of that. If you follow SWS Live, you may have noticed we were rebroadcasting that. I showed up a couple times in it. Mostly I played a shit ton of Iron Banner that day in Destiny, which means I have probably fallen off Destiny until they bring me something actually new to do in that game or announce if they have moments of triumph again this year that I can complete. Like, I have once again hit the wall of, eh, I think I've done all the things you can do in this game again. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Which, Iron Banner is an expansion for Destiny. Iron Banner is the once-a-month kind of crazy competitive multiplayer thing they do. So the, the PvP system is broken down to normal PvP, Iron Banner, and Trials of Osiris. Iron Banner and Trials of Osiris are one of the few game modes outside of the PvE stuff where your level actually matters. Like a level 34 taking a level 30, it's like walking around being invincible. They can't crack your armor. So it's like, all oh, that work you put in getting high-end gear, this is where it shows off in PvP. Where in normal mm-hmm. PvP, it's equalized across the board, so it's, quote, fair. Trials mm-hmm. of Osiris is, quote, fair, but with level advantages at the same time, too. It's really quick three-player matches and stuff like that throughout three um, tri-team elimination. They're fun. It's I like Iron Banner because you can lone wolf at Trials of Osiris. You actually have to go through the process of finding people to play with and it's mm-hmm. it's the time period I think like that in Trials is when Iron uh, when Destiny multiplayer really shines in the kind of PvP sense like the rest oh. of it's kind of weird and glitchy by the way I just remember one more thing after moving oh, so come back to me after no, you okay. I'll go for it now I got stuff to go into okay uh, the thing I remember that happened to me this week so I bought for my phone the Android port of Final Fantasy IX. Oh? Because as we've discussed, or a lot of what we were discussing last week, uh, RTSs for my phone are something I'm totally for. Um, especially ones that are established as not being shit. Yeah. Um, so here's the one caveat with it. Now, I have a Samsung Galaxy 4S, which at the time of this recording is multiple generations from the newest I one? I think we're on the 6 or the 7 now, yeah. Yeah. So I do not have the latest, greatest technology. That said, so the one problem with Final Fantasy IX for Android is they've horrifically optimized its installation. So you need to have on board at the time of installation four gigs of free memory. Hmm. Which, considering the Android OS takes almost six of its own, and the phone's only got like 12 on it to begin with, that's most of the phone. Yeah. And it needs that space in order to, like, download itself, unpack itself, install, and then delete the unpack. Like, it's got some weird double-up terror problem. So I have very little actually installed on my phone, so I was like, huh, I should still have the space for that. So I get it. It's like, nope, you're out of space. So I keep going through. I keep looking through all my applications. Like, I don't have anything on here that's, like, even a gig. Like, where's all this space being hidden? Yep. I wound up figuring, so I'm like, either one program's going rogue or not reporting its size accurately or something. 
So I figured out exactly which one it was. And? So I have an app called Sleep as Android, which is a uh, app that's an alarm clock. That What it does is it uses the accelerometer in your phone to detect if you're, like, tossing and turning in your sleep. And it tries to wake you up in non- a non-REM cycle. It's not an especially amazing piece of technology, but it's quick and easy and allows me to set up my phone for wake me up Monday through Friday. Don't wake me up on Saturday and Sunday. I don't have to even think about setting this alarm. It just goes off every day in my world. Apparently, it has a feature to try and detect if you're talking in your sleep. And then it starts to record that. So it had about two years of backlog recordings of just sheets ruffling. (laughs) What, there's no sleep talking in it? No, it's all just like... I'm like, what the fuck? So I deleted all that, and it freed up like two gigs of space on my phone. Yeah, that sounds about right. So then I was able to de- finally install Final Fantasy IX. So that was the big stupid story of my week. Yes. I kind of want those files now just so I can be like, we have to go through all of them. Why? I'm sure Jeff says something eventually. Let's see here if it has one now. Uh, do, 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 do. Nope. No oh, noise well. recordings. Oh, Na- well. I successfully deactivated it. Thank God. I'm hoping we <laughs> turned off that setting too, so in another nine months you're like, why is there all the sound of silence going on on my phone? Yeah. Oh, it's fucking so stupid. But, uh, <laughs> back to your discussion about Destiny. Yeah, so I, because I have once again kind of thrown up my hands and gone like, eh, I think I'm done with Destiny for a little while. I have opened myself up to new games, which may be a bit of a problem. So I, I guess we'll start in order. I played uh, the. I, I turned on my Wii U intentionally for the first time in like Ooh. four months. Ooh. I played some Pokémon tournament. That game is mm-hmm. fun. That game is also fucking easy. I, it's <laughs> we'll have an hour. I probably by the time you're watching this, we'll have an hour one go up in a couple of days for more in-depth thoughts on it. I, it's. It is sadly the Pokemon game I've kind of always wanted. Like, this may be, in many ways, the best Pokemon game we've ever gotten. Hmm. Which is a weird thing to say, because it's also the least Pokemon game ever made. Like, it's it's basically kind of like the Naruto-style video game fighting system where it's 3D that then morphs into a traditional 2D side-scroller when you get close enough. There's, like, phase-shifting and shit. Like, there's a lot of systems there that are cool, that mm-hmm. add up to some really fun fights that, um, that I'm just going to say it right now, um, Pika Libre is a fucking overpowered, broken-ass piece of shit, and it's awesome playing as that. Uh-huh. You and Lift, you've gone off the turnbuckle for the Grand Slam Body Slam as Pikachu in Lucha Libre outfit. <laughs> Lucha Libre? Oh, my God. Pika Libre, motherfucker. Get his name right. <laughs> Senor Pica Libre. No, no, no senor, just Pica Libre. Two mm-hmm. words. Okay. But I just looked that up, or I just YouTube some gameplay of that while we were talking. That, that actually looks really insane. It's a really good game. Like, it's got... it. I'm harsher the hour one. Like, I played more of it, like... From a gameplay, from a purchasing of a game perspective, I have yet to lose a non-scripted loss in that game yet. Like, I've just been... 
beasting on every fight in the single-player mode. I have not touched multiplayer because I'm coming to this game way late in the process. So I'm like, eh, maybe the game is kind of easy. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it, it. these are the Pokemon fights we always imagined were happening. Like, this is Pikachu flipping around, throwing, like, bolts of lightning around. Or in Picalibre's case, like, shoots a net of lightning out to do, like, a, what's it called? Like, the snapback, like, into the ropes, flings himself through you in a ball of, like, lightning fury bullshit. It's really cool looking, and they have, like, these crazy burst moves where, like, in Gengar's case, he invades your nightmares, and you have a nightmare of him eating you. Like, there's some kind of fucked up stuff, but it's like, yeah, this is some fucking Pokemon battles. Like, this is what you always wanted. It looks like Pika Libre was actually in a Pokemon episode at some point. Doesn't matter. It's in the game, and it is badass and, like, the best character. That and um, Machamp, the guy with four arms, he's pretty good too. Uh, may, or maybe he's not in the actual show. They, somebody just made a really cool image or something. Who knows? Pika Libre is awesome, though. Say, so he's still a, a bona fide badass. Yeah, the things I never thought I'd say. Pika Libre is the man. <laughs> like, I, I, I kind of want a Pika Libre thing now for my apartment because it's like, this is the dumbest, best thing ever. <laughs> like he's like doing suplexes and shit like that. It's it's real cool and has no right to be. But yeah, like it's it's seismic a seismic toss. <laughs> it's a fun game. No, these are like legit German suplexes. Like his grapple is shocks you into the air, grabs you, and then drives your face into the ground behind him, suplex style. <laughs> I'm sure nice. it's got other names to it, but yeah, it's Pokemon tournaments better than I thought it was going to be. I had a lot of fun with it. It's if you're like me and you're like, I really wanted a Pokemon game that actually felt like Pokemon fighting, this is the game. I wish there was more Pokemon in it, but it's it's real cool. I, I like it. A little monotonous. Like it, it'd be a fantastic party game if not for the battle system being a tad complicated. That's mm-hmm. not the end of the world. Um, the other one is I'm having a hard time committing myself to Dark Souls. Hmm. I, I have yet. I, I'll play a little bit of it, but then I like won't touch it for a day or two. I, I'm having a hard time getting myself into the mental headspace required to truly embrace the Dark Souls. I think, and which is a problem because I really want to play that game. I think it's being driven by the fact that every passing instance I go through the game, I'm like, eh, I'm not far enough in. I it would be a pain in the ass to restart. It's very much a you should just restart and pick a better starting character. You, I, I honestly managed to pick one of the worst starting characters by accident. Mm-hmm. And it's taking its toll slowly. But as a result, I have again picked up playing Warframe. Mm-hmm. Warframe? Warframe, a game I have trashed on the channel, praised on the channel, and have, yet, have now picked up for a third time. So though... The story of Warframe and me was the first time I played it was the um, beta for the PS4 version of it, which was like, hot garbage, and we got some flack from the Warframe community over on the Hour 1 for it initially, until they looked at it and said, this isn't Warframe, and I'm like, no, this is Warframe on the PS4, and it's shitty. And that then, is also when, how we got one of our most viewed videos. Yes! The whole... 
we were born on your hatred mentality didn't spawn because it was already there yeah no. but it got reinforced <laughs> no so and then fuck you i'm gonna definitely keep making videos yeah no so and then the xbox one version of it came out and it's the more current iteration of what i think warframe is or at least it, it they look similar the opening area is the same and that was actually really good like the original the playstation 4 beta version of warframe i played i my reaction was there's some cool stuff here potentially but it's not coming together. And the Xbox One version, it came together. Like, it was a cool game. And I'm like, eh, like, you could compare this game to Destiny. Destiny is, at the time, at least was a more appealing game to me. And I'd still say, is Warframe better than Destiny? Um, I'd still probably say Destiny is a better version of the kind of thing Warframe is going for. But also, I now have a deeper appreciation for what Warframe is. And Warframe's a pretty solid game, so for a long time I've always been like, you liked Warframe, go back and give it another chance, and now that I have my PC up and running, like part of it always was I had it started on the PS4 and never went back to it, I had it on the Xbox One, and I don't use my Xbox One ever, and I'm like, eh, PC, the community seems to be for this game focused around the PC, so I started that up, I've been playing a bunch of it, I, I've forgotten how bad the... Like, they have decreased some of the free-to-play bullshit since I played the Xbox One version ever so slightly, and that actually makes yeah, me more likely to keep the paywall, and that game's kind of a, you know, a douchebag. It's not as bad as I... It, it used to be just off-putting as hell. I was also told it has evolved. <laughs> uh, yes, it's... They've definitely toned it back to just cosmetic stuff, as best I can tell. They've made your ability to get the other currency you get in-game a hell of a lot easier. Like, I got out of the starting zone of the game, for lack of a better phrase, and I was capable of picking up some stuff out of the store. I, it's they've, they've actually explained it a little bit better than I thought they did last time I played it, so that's kind of nice. And it's, aside from the fact that figuring out how to bind that game to an Xbox 360 controller is not the most intuitive thing in the world because that game requires a shocking number of buttons. It's a really good game. I I would love to see Warframe get more of a player base so they're forced to fix some of the stuff of that game. Like, it's repetitive as hell, but the second-to-second -second gameplay, like Destiny, is a lot of fun. And the mm -hmm. jumping from... So I'm playing the game really weird. I'm running out with dual pistols, a bow, and a sword playing my character super aggressive, where it's like, no, no, I will stealth with the bow until it's time to go hot, and then it's slicey, slicey, lemon dicey time kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I will be all over that map just murdering bitches. Mm -hmm. I had a very short stint into Warframe, because I have a bunch of friends who encouraged me to get into it, but just didn't have the grasping power to pull me away from my regular addictions. Um, oh no, I saw you downloaded Warframe at least once. <laughs> Yeah, Steve you probably saw, me. like, time spent, 22 minutes, <laughs> something like Come that. Come back and give another shot, I guess. It could be fun to do something with it. I am... It's as close as you can get to Destiny on the PC in some ways, and that's saying some things. Like, it's... And maybe it's I understand the game better. Like, it's weird. I am browsing their wikis like porn, trying to find out which of the Warframes I should be going after for my playstyle. It's like, yeah, the Rhino one's super cool, but there's a bunch of walls to get it, but like, hey, there's this Frost one. I do like ice powers. It's tanky as shit. Tell me more. <laughs> Sub-Zero. Basically, it, it, 
both the times I played it, I never got to play around with the powers. I'm getting to play around with the powers more than a lot deeper in. Like, I swear everything's leveling faster this time, and it's just that expediated, and maybe it just runs better on PC or whatever, but it seems to be working better than the times I played it, and I do think they decrease some of the free-to-play bullshit. You still have to buy colors, but it's the gear That's... is more accessible, it seems. Yeah. Kind of the, you can get the champion skins or what's, you know, the, uh, what's it called? Or what's expensive. Yeah, no, it's, it's the, and the game is very much about the Warframes, and I'm enjoying the weapons I have right now. I would like some other weapons, and maybe my tone will change after I'm like, eh, maybe I'll just drop some money and buy this crap so I have it now kind of thing, but... For now, at least, like, the Warframe I picked to start off with, it's holding me over, and I'm capable of picking up new stuff at an okay rate, so I'm happy-ish so far. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's... I'm digging this PC gaming thing I'm slowly slipping into. I, It's really <laughs> funny watching me, like, relax as I'm like, okay, maybe it won't crash during this in a horrible flaming death ball. I don't believe it won't, but I'm less, like... I, it's... I'm enjoying my gaming PC a lot more than I was even a week ago, where it's like, eh, it's still afraid of things crashing out because PC. Mm-hmm. I also fixed my fancy capture card finally, so uh, we were joking around some before we started recording, I think. Uh, live streams may become a real thing because there are certain capture devices that work well for live streaming off of a console, and some that do not. And the one I had that works well for it was not working correctly, and now it is, so maybe look forward to that. Like, I didn't make it into the last podcast. I am between jobs right now, so maybe there'll be some unemployment streams in the near future. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Could be fun. Not sure what games they'll be yet. Mm-hmm. That, that might be how you play Dark Souls for me, actually. That, that might put me in the right mindset of people come laugh at my misery. <laughs> but yeah, it's... I, like I, I always feel like I'm forgetting something else, but no, that's about it. I... I may try and play some Overwatch in the future, but at the same time, every time I look at that game, I go, that looks cool. I'm not sure I want to play that game at all. Mm-hmm. Which is really weird, because it's like, that's like Team Fortress. I'm like, yeah. But it's also hero class based, and I, I just don't know. I, I, I want to care about that game, but something about it's not hooking me. Oh, yeah, I, also, I, I successfully uninstalled World of Warcraft from my computer. <laughs> it's gone. I played it the one time for a video. You beat the final level. I, I beat the final level. I'm working the steps. The first, mm. the first step being, you shouldn't be playing World of Warcraft. The second game, no, you really shouldn't be playing World of Warcraft. The third step, you should go play Destiny. That's not addictive as shit. <laughs> for anyone who's watching this now, unlike apparently everyone else on this channel, I actually watch some content that doesn't contain myself in it. And I have watched the World of Warcraft video, and if you're into Charlie's Misery like I am, it is fantastic. It's just me being, like, pissed. I'm like, why would you... It's, they have... I kind of wanted to play more initially because I'm like, it can't be that easy now. And I'm like, no, I, I just don't want to go back in. Like, I'd have to pay money to get back in at this point. And I'm like, no, I... Nah, I... I used to be a pretty big WoW addict, and they managed to beat that out of me pretty hard. I think it's they removed a lot of what 
I think kept you in that game is that you were continuously challenged. Like, you didn't buy a game to exist. You were paying for a continuous amount of challenges and puzzles, whether it be through combat or, you know, grinding or whatever it was. And without the challenge, you yeah. you're basically paying for the smack without the high. Yeah, no, that there was very much a, like, getting anything done in World of Warcraft vanilla was this kind of, I wouldn't say monumentous, but, like, when you leveled up, it was like, fuck yeah, it's the first time I've done that all week kind of thing, and it wasn't quite it that bad. It assaulted your reward pathway. Yeah, no, and, like, it's it's why I put up with Destiny as long as I have, because, like, oh, the loot system's bad. I'm like, yes, but when you get that loot you're looking for, you're like, yeah, got that gun I wanted, and I... I think I'm kind of figuring out how that works in Warframe now, which is why I'm kind of like, okay, maybe there's more here than I initially thought there was. Some of this stuff is stupid, like the fact that they keep saying ninjas play for free. It's like, no, I'm a Tenno. I'm not a ninja. Some of these things are giant tanky classes. Obviously not a ninja kind of thing, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... The League of Legends school of making ninjas like Shen, the tank. I... A little bit, so like one of the one of the warframes is Rhino, and it's like, yeah, it's got shitty run speed, but it's got invis- it's got invincibility moves. Oh, mm-hmm. what's the correct way to play it? Giant fucking hammer. Oh, like ninjas wielded. <laughs> got it. Yeah. Oh, so I the Google has informed me that Pika Libre appears in Pokemon XY episode 89 Lights, Camera, Pika. For those who want to see this adorable little fucker in action. Just go watch the video. I'm sure it's up by the time or maybe around the time this is up. Like I play that. I play Pika Libre pretty exclusively because I'm like, this character's broken as shit. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. That and... I'm sorry, uh, Luchador Pikachu, normal Pikachu, whatever, who gives a crap? Luchador Pikachu, fucking awesome. <laughs> you know, maybe that's just an untapped potential. Okay, Nintendo, you listening to this episode too? Um, more Luchador Pokemon games. <laughs> if you need to, you can call Suda51. I'm sure he's not doing much right now. Uh, he's got a new game coming out called Let It Die. Really? He's doing a survival horror game, actually. Ooh. It's called Let It Die. I, if I mention that at some point, I don't know much about it, but it looks very Suda 51-y. Mm. Its top website is a wiki. That's not a good start. It's Suda 51. I guess, yeah. He doesn't know how the internet works. But yeah, that's more or less my week. It's getting through the backlog of video games, enjoying Warframe, enjoying Pokken, which it's weird. I... It it felt strange because we ragged on Nintendo so hard last week, and then like more news came out that we should have ragged on Nintendo for. I'm like, yeah, I really enjoyed this Nintendo game. It's not very Nintendo game because I'm like murdering small animals with pile yeah. drivers and shit. Oh, you want to see something cool? All I need is some lighter fluid, a waffle iron, and a fluffy teddy bear. Basically, yeah, it's kind of what that entire process felt like. So, uh, we had some news, as we always do. Nothing too substantial this week. It's been kind of a slow week of news in the post-PAX haze. But mm-hmm. so, I'm right off the bat. Vegas is doing some eSports hotels. Hmm. Where it's a combination of you can bet on eSports, and then they also have, like, um, I wouldn't call them cabinets, but, like, stations 
to play an eSport at against other parts of the casino competitively, like you'd be playing poker or something like that. Hmm. I'm not sure if they're officially open just yet, but they're looking into doing it. That that sounded kind of cool to me, in all honesty. So like, I can go play League and bet on myself? Or you, yeah, or go play CSGO and bet on yourself. Interesting. Yeah, I thought that sounded kind of cool. I mean, that'd be dangerous as hell for anyone like me, because I know the skill gap between myself and the people at the top, and the people at the top will be there working the system. Yes. <laughs> but still, cool. It's Yeah. We've talked enough about esports. I thought it might have been worth mentioning at least once on yeah. here. Like, it's a step in the right direction in the scummiest of ways. <laughs> yes, the scum shall lead us to legitimacy. Yep. Yeah. Um, moving on, the folks behind Titanfall are working on a Star Wars game. That could Did be I... a good match. After you telling me that there's going to be a Titanfall two, and then them announcing that they're making a Star Wars game with like. The quality gap between Star Wars games. I, I'm, I agree with your answer. That could be good, a good match. It could also be really bad. I don't know. Well, so I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. So Just, I, I mean, I give it the it could be cool because think of how cool the mechanics of Titanfall were. Mm-hmm. Now that was a wholly new IP. Imagine if someone could take the ideas of cool mechanics and actually do something with them with an actual established IP like Star Wars. Imagine if, oh, say you had Battlefront where guys with jetpacks could, like, wall run and you actually had, like, functioning vehicles that worked like vehicles. And really, you just made Battlefront 3 and not Battlefield made by EA. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I'm starting to see it come together. You know, AT-ATs instead of Titans or something. Yeah, it could be a thing. They could find something could definitely be a thing like the titanfall movement could be jedi stuff or whatever like it, i like that they're still around and it they have they they've only made one game but it was a good game a short game but a good game so give them the benefit of doubt on this but i see ea actually taking some risks with the whole star wars property they're busy playing with right now but moving mm-hmm. on oculus is still a mess and it's getting bigger <laughs> have you been following the oculus pre-order debacle at all no, but the owner of my company today came in and was asking, or was asking about, it and said he wanted to get a uh, Oculus or a Vive. Um, but that, so that's about it. Oculus has yet to uh, fulfill all the pre-orders and Kickstarter pre-orders for the Oculus yet. But that's so good. But they're moving them over into retail, so Amazon and Best Buy and shit like that are going to start stocking the Oculuses before a bunch of the pre-orders have been fulfilled. And on top of that, Oculus basically said, yeah, if you want to buy an Oculus from, like, a Best Buy or something like that, we'll totally drop your pre-order. Yeah, that's the reaction I had. All right. Yeah, it's it's a fucking mess. And really, really what this is just driving home is the insane shortage of Oculuses. And... I'm sure more people pre-ordered the Oculus than I think should have. I don't think that many still pre-ordered an Oculus, which means they didn't make anywhere near enough Oculuses. I'm guessing that they may have had a... Um... So one of the like the long history things, I remember I watched like a special on what killed the Dreamcast. Yeah. And one of the problems that they ran into is one of the chips that they ordered like the factory that uh built them got completely overwhelmed and completely fucked up 
<clears throat> Excuse me. So I won't be surprised to find out that, like the Oculuses are all getting held up because like one of Oculus's vendors like their building got flooded or something like they single sourced something when you're supposed to you know diversify your vendors. Oh, yeah, no, and th- you're kind of limited on when you're buying specialty shit the amount of places you can purchase like chips from. And that's fine, but don't give normal brick and mortar or in Amazon's case digital brick and mortar retailers a giant chunk of your stock when you haven't given all the people you promised models to yes. their pre-orders. That's, a, that's pretty goddamn scummy. No, no. We're I'm, two different topics. Yeah. The one you're talking about, you're totally right, and I fully agree with you. The, like, an explanation of why don't they just have enough Oculuses, this is Gurr's best guess. Oh, yeah, no, that's, the, that's I'm sure, what happened to a certain extent. Still sucks. Mm. Speaking of things that still suck... The division is still on the news list, and not for good reasons. <laughs> I, I would be a podcast if it wasn't. Yeah, we have to mention either Eve or the division once a week, sometimes <laughs> both. Yeah, I, the division still kind of on fire. Now challenge. Now end game content modes are just kind of vanishing off your map, and they still haven't fixed the other some of the other issues. This is, like, reminding me of when Battlefield 3 came out. And by that, I mean Battlefield 3 is alpha. Yeah. <laughs> like, not even the game. Yeah, this... Uh, uh. I'm glad we're still finding it funny, because as a Division owner, I'm getting real sick of people defending to me how the Division is still totally in good shape. I'm like, you should stop playing this game till they fix it. No, it's still a lot of fun. Is it? Mm-hmm. We were still playing Destiny. Yes, Destiny works on any given day. Mm-hmm. They're fixing things that are like minor issues, not like, yeah, missions are just vanishing. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, do laps around NPCs. I... Yeah, it's... I'm looking forward to the week where I'm like, the Division is not on the list of news topics. Moving on. We've... We've, we've that, that was our bringing, it, bringing up of it. <laughs> we've mentioned The Division every single week since we started this in a bad way, haven't we, basically? Uh, except the weeks when it wasn't out. Yeah, like ever since it came out, it's been like, yeah, The Division has some problems. Still got some problems. New problems. This episode's about how it's on goddamn fire. <laughs> it yeah. went from bad launch to worse launch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, speaking of weird launches... Um, Overwatch will not launch with a competitive mode. We talked about that earlier a little bit. Uh, Overwatch in general. I I kind of want to know what that means for Overwatch. I'm assuming that means without ranked. I guess that makes um, sense. I mean, it's a Blizzard game. It's going to have ranked one way or another. No, sure. Um, that said, I'm currently on Team Battleborn. Yeah. So I did pick the game up. Yeah, no, I'll be curious to see what you think of that, because the more I've seen of that game, the more I'm like, this actually doesn't look like total shit. This actually could be yeah. a kind of cool game. I don't know, though. Like, I'm not sold on either of them, ultimately, Yeah. as of yet. Well, the thing is with, um, what's it called? With uh, Battleborn, I feel very much like I'm done giving them my money. With Overwatch, because... Well, I guess actually it's not fully fair because they're both doing the same business model yeah. of you pay $60 up front and then you still have to unlock stuff. Um, it's kind of, like, hard to know what the feel because, like, 
I don't want to put any more money than my startup money into them because I already have League of Legends to suck me dry. Yeah. Um. So it's kind of a weird space. I think I've got enough room in my heart for one of these things. And they don't really seem to like differ that much. Um. Well, that's just I think it. there's more abilities. Yeah, that's just it. Like it's they do seem to actually differ more than I ever gave them credit for. Like they are, I, Battleborn is significantly more MOBA-ish. And it's kind of, I guess, gameplay flow than Overwatch's. Overwatch's, as someone who's played neither of them extensively, Overwatch mm-hmm. seems to be much more. It's like, yeah, it's kind of Team Fortress too. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to check out the PvP in the game because I played the beta. Yeah. Uh, Battleborn, that is. I played the beta, which only had like two levels out, and I, it was only open for a select number of days. Yeah. So I didn't um, get a chance to really delve into it, and the. The levels take a long time. They're each like a half hour. Yeah. So I want to play through those like twice or something. And then like the next day the beta was closed. Yep. Um, but I think that game's going to fill a weird little niche in my life where I can like turn it on, play it for, play a match, and then still have time to tie myself off and play League of Legends. You should fill that void with um, Warframe. Missions take like ten minutes. That's. I'm going to my game that takes missions take an hour. I don't want to go down to ten minutes. You can get six missions done then in between league matches. In be- oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not leaving my mistress. <laughs> in between league matches, you could play Warframe. Yeah. I just got Final Fantasy Nine for that. <laughs> fair, fair. Uh, so moving on, Team Fortress 2 is finally cracking down its biggest cheat offenders. I oh, someone mentioned this, gate. Someone mentioned <laughs> this to me, and it was kind of a wait. That's a thing. They had like a fairly like prominent, like well known, well known, like even in the competitive circles, people were using it. Aimbot system you could get in the game that they finally mm-hmm. listed as yeah, you can't use this after. I think they said that gets been the thing since season six. I got no clue what season run at this point, but me neither. Yeah, that's that's crazy that they're like, oh yeah, you can't do this. Everyone's been doing this. I know about the one with I think it was Team Fanatic like two years ago. Their Counter Strike team got a whole bunch of suspensions and shit because a player had it was like literally ingrained on the firmware of his mouse this, like, aim assist that only improved his aim by, like, 14% or something like that. Uh, like, not a noticeable aim bot, but, like, when you're a professional player, that 14% is night and day. Yeah. Um, that, like, literally the firmware of the fucking mouse, like, that is a whole new level. That is some impressive cheating at that level. Yeah. And hammered. Yep. Uh, so moving on to happier topics, um, Stardew Valley is getting even cooler. They're adding a co-op Ooh. mode. There's talks about bringing it to the um, consoles, which would be cool. And the mod community has gone insane, adding new realms and zones. And it's it's really cool to see the amount of support for that game that exists. It's neat. And the fact the creator's like, yeah, fucking go nuts with my game. It's cool. Oh, you did that? Mm. I didn't think you could do that. Yeah. Mm. I might have to pick up Stardew Valley. I like it. It's a good game. I, I bounce back to it every once in a while. I'm like, I need to zen out for some while. Tend some crops. Yeah, it's some good crops there. That's right. You tend <laughs> those crops. Yeah. Make me beer. Yep. 
been them big into wine making more than anything else in that game. But yeah, uh, so into kind of the more pinky out, hmm? pinky out, very exactly. Concert. In kind of the more fast one-off news, um, Mighty Number no. Nine is actually coming out on June twenty-first, allegedly. I'll believe this when I see it. Mighty number nine. It's the you're having the right reaction after it was delayed like twice. It's the spiritual successor to Mega Man. It started off as a Kickstarter, raised a shit ton of money. I played it last year at E3 when it was coming out in a couple of months. It got delayed to hey, look at this after this year's E3, and I look forward to the reality I will live in where a bunch of people realize that as much as they quote wanted a new Mega Man game. They didn't actually want a new Mega Man game. They just thought they did because they love the character. I mean, this actually looks really cool. That said, the Mega Man games always kick the piss out of me because they're fucking difficult. Yeah. I think um, a lot of people not, forget being that. Being difficult is not a knock against the game. No, I know. It's, I, I, love, I love the character of Mega Man. Like, Mega Man... Like, I call it Mega Man 64, but, like, Mega Man, like... The 3D when you grow it is a favorite game of mine. I'm blanking on the name of it, like Chronicles or something. And some of the old old school Mega Man ones, like Mega Man X and stuff like that, and like Net Battle, I like. But the Mega there Man, is a Mega Man 64. Yeah, the Mega Man Mega Man video games, the side-scrolling traditional ones. Yeah, I've never been the biggest fan of because they're hard in a not fun way occasionally, and. I'm not going to lie, I found Mighty Number no. 9 when I played to be like, okay, yeah, this is going to appeal to a very specific group of people. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, new Call of Duty is coming. Surprise. That, that would that can be the new slogan of the Stark household. <laughs> yeah, Call of Duty <laughs> is coming. I Have you been following this announcement at all? I... No. <laughs> well, so the new one is called Infinite War, which I think should be the new name for the f- for the franchise. Drop the Call of Duty, <laughs> just Infinite War, and give me Simulator. Infinite War 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. I, <laughs> I know they have the fucking COD 4 HD remake coming out. Yeah, and you have to buy Infinite War to get that. And I'm like, I, you have me sitting there being like, I really liked Call of Duty 4. And call They're it. strong-arming you into the new one. <laughs> no, so that's the thing. I'm like, is it possible to buy this and then throw out Infinite War and still have access to Call of Duty 4 Remastered? You're going to find out it's like Nazi zombies. You have to physically go through the game to get to the game you want. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> You'll I... have to turn on Infinite War to get the HD remake. No, that's what I'm betting. I'm betting it's like an option from their start menu where it's like, you have to turn on Infinite War. No! <laughs> Don't worry, guys. I found a patch. We just bridged the connections and we're able to jump from one menu to the next. <laughs> More what I'm hoping is Activision in, like, five months after the game releases is like, oh, yeah, and you can now buy Call of Duty 4 Remastered via DLC. That I'd be all over. Hell, if they want to, like, package Call of Duty 1 or Call of Duty um, Modern Warfare 1 and 2 as, like, an HD Remastered collection and then, like, sell that as, like, Call of Duty the best of, I'd buy mm-hmm. that. Hmm. Because 
it's weird to think about Call of Duty the best of. But there's and enough it, of them. I mean, it's weird for me to look back on Call of Duty 4 as being that old, but it is. And it's one of the best Call of Duties. That's the issue. Yeah. Especially because, to me, it's like, man, they haven't made a Call of Duty in a while. No, I've just been ignoring yeah, them. Yeah, you, you They've made a lot of them. <laughs> you just haven't played a Call of Duty in a while. Yeah, that's just, what it really is at the end of the day. No, as someone who plays them once a year for the channel occasionally... They've done some cool stuff. Like, it's weird. Like, the most recent one, Black Ops 3, is the best Ghost in the Shell game we've gotten so far. But at the same mm-hmm. time, it's totally not a Call of Duty game in some weird ways. Mm-hmm. Is that the futuristic one? That's one of the futuristic ones. Say, because I will say that the, like, Advanced Warfare or whatever one, like, I saw the commercials and it looked interesting. Advanced Warfare was actually but... pretty cool. I liked Advanced Warfare a lot. The... I am one of those weirdos that actually plays the Call of Duty campaigns and enjoys them. And Advanced mm-hmm. Warfare had a fun campaign, as did um, Black Ops 3. In many ways, the most fun campaigns I've had since Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Mm-hmm. It's like... it's I, I, I'll go back to it. Modern Warfare 1 and 2 are the best Call of Duty games, and everything else has been trying to keep up with them since. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yeah, like in, in, and or accurate in many and like and the weird thing is like the the campaign from Modern Warfare One is better than Modern Warfare Two, but Modern Warfare Two is a better game than Modern Warfare One. Yeah, like it's it, if I could just get those, if you could just re-release those every three years in HD upres of it for like forty bucks, I would honestly go like, well, I haven't bought Call of Duty yet this year. I might buy this. Hmm. Like just keep re-releasing 1 and 2. Just keep re-releasing Call of Duty Modern Warfare 1 and 2 over and over and stop making new ones. <laughs> Very fair. But yeah, moving on from Call of Duty. Are uh, you a fan of golf, Jeff? Uh, I despise golf. You a fan of Danger? I like Danger. You a fan of the guys that made the Burnout games? Yes... Would you potentially be interested in a golf game made by those guys called Dangerous Golf? The, like, party, like, the uncanny valley part of your brain that's, like, not sure if threat, therefore completely a threat, is going off. So the guys behind Burnout, the only racing franchise I truly love are making a game called Dangerous Golf that is a series of golf in the most abstract concept of the word destruction simulators, where it's you bouncing a golf ball around like a ballroom full of champagne glasses and tables and shit like that, primed for destruction. It is crash mode of the Burnout franchise applied to its most logical, illogical extreme. Which is golf. It's like golf and cat simulator got together. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You have have my attention. Motherfucking dangerous golf. I think it's going to be very much the execution as well. Like, it's not going to... You can't just, like, give me a golf club and put bowling pins at the other end. There's got to be new, interesting... Like, something's got to have some kind of fucked up geometry makes the ball bounce in ways I can't It lights on fire occasionally. Ooh, I like fire. Yeah. No, it's it, it looks like dumb fun. 
If it comes out and costs $60, I'm not sure I'll be interested. If it comes out and costs like $30, I might be all over that game because I love those guys that make that ga- uh, made the bird games. And if they could like go from making a golf game to a golf cart racing game to a another driving game like the burnout games i'd be very happy mm-hmm. yeah so that's uh, cool yeah persona 5 has a japanese release date uh it's september mm-hmm. 15th you ever played any persona games jeff i have not they are fantastic uh, they they may be some of the best jrpgs made ever definitely in recent memory mm-hmm and I'm excited for that because I enjoyed Persona 4 Golden on my Vita and would like a traditional console release of that game again. And we now bring you the um, Jeff League of Legend Minute. What's up with League of Legend, Jeff? So the mage update came through. So you know how we talked about before where they take the snow globe and shake it really hard? Yep. So every single mage is different now. So that's like 10 champions got reworked. The entire item set of AP items got reworked, Mana Regen got reworked, and Spell Vamp got removed from the game. So they did some hardcore globe shaking. They also changed that now Dragon uh, has a chance of span... Instead of being the same Dragon, it spawns one of four randomly, and they give different buffs. So if a Red Dragon spawns and you kill it, you get... um, bonus damage if the earth dragon spawns you get bonus turret destruction if the wind dragon spawns you get more move speed and it's designed to make more early game fighting over dragon because it could be stupid important it could be unimportant it's hard to tell which one you're gonna get yeah it sounds Um, like the movement speed one might be a eh let them have it it's one that you'd be willing to let go if you think you were going to lose the fight, but it's definitely one you want to have because that just gives you so much positional power on oh, the sure. map. Um, and then also right now MSI is going on, which is the mid-season invitational, which is the uh, the big uh, international tournament in the middle of the season where uh, all of the different regions get together and have a nice little beat-em-up. Um, and I am currently wearing an SKT shirt, though you can't really see it through my Bruins jersey. Or at all, because it's an audio podcast. Or at all. But uh, my beloved SKT has currently gone 2-2, two and two, which is a bit weak for them. Usually they, they should be 4-0-ing the whole tournament. Because um, the skill gap between like the different regions is like... One... Or like Korea and China are like the NHL Bruins, and then the next best team's like a college hockey team. <laughs> um, the skill gap. But that said, this international tournament's been absolutely wild. And, like, teams that shouldn't be getting wins are getting wins, and win- teams that should be winning are having, like, a rough time. So it's been really competitive and kept the you-don't-know-who's-going-to-win thing going. Not sure. But that said, I was talking to my roommate. I was like, having this huge mage update and MSI go on simultaneously is the, like, you know, famous pop star dies in the United States – Huge action, political actions happen by extension in foreign country. Like, kind of, you know, the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing type thing. Also, that scenario I made up was fully made up. I have no idea if anything like that's ever happened. 
I'm sure it like, has at least once. Yes, but if you want to bury a bad patch, do it during the midseason invitational. Also, weird question: Does the patch affect the midseason invitational? They play a patch back. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. Yeah. They always give the pros every single tournament play back one patch because it gives them time to get used to uh, sure. what's out. Because if you were to change everything tomorrow and just everything was flipped upside down, it would very much the team that should have won that tournament may not adapt it as well. I think that'd Especially, be cool, but it would be. But a lot of it, like the difference between like when sustained damage versus burst damage is popular, like you can really turn over which players are good at what thing or like if tanks are viable versus assassins like the meta can shift really hard and really fuck up a tournament. I now want a League of Legends tournament where every round has a random patch edition. <laughs> I don't know if that would work. <laughs> it wouldn't but that'd be so cool. It's like oh and the finals will be vanilla League of Legends. Ooh. <laughs> vanilla they'll never go back to. No, but imagine how cool that would be. Too like, unfunctional. Imagine how cool that would be. It's like, yeah, um, a bunch of heroes are no longer playable. Why? They weren't in vanilla. Yeah. just It would just be a test of who's the most adaptable. I I think that would be kind of cool in a weird way. It's, I, I understand be. how it would not appeal to the hardened League of Legends fan, but I would love it if they had a, a giant spinner where it's like, and you will be playing 3.2. Ooh, that was a bad <laughs> patch. Yeah. That's the more things could be interesting. Yeah, I wouldn't bank on that happening, but it could be interesting. No, it will never happen, but it'd still be cool. <laughs> mm. That it for League? That is it for League. So, those are two big things, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I'm not, not downplaying the importance of League or those events. I thought you might have more to spew nah, forth the, about League. So, those were the big things. Yeah. So for our main topic this week, uh, since not a lot of news happened and nothing to be outraged about or... We're talking, we thought we'd t- do our little bit of due diligence and expand upon a little thing me and Jeff have mentioned a couple times, which has been very important to our relationship as friends, and I'm not going to say directly influences something with studios as policy and <laughs> design aesthetic and HR department and stuff like that, but... Some rites of passages may have come from this. Yeah, it, it's, it's a weirdly important part, not necessarily part, but thing in me and Jeff's history together. It is Anime Boston. Yep. Uh, I'm not sure how much we've talked about this in the past. I live on the West Coast now, and I will call out all of you West Coast fuckers as living in the easy mode of anime fandom. Mm-hmm. Living in the easy mode of, like, ger- a nerd, geek anime, like any counterculture that's not a socially acceptable counterculture, you have infinitely more access to in L.A. than we did in Boston. You are geographically also closer to Japan. Yes. By quite a lot. <laughs> no, I knew someone who, like, I was hanging out with someone once. They're like, yeah, we were on a school trip to Japan once. And I'm like, fuck you, motherfucker. Fuck you. Yeah. I can remember going into stores and be like, hey, or going into, like, comic book shops. Like, hey, do you have ramen? And they'll be like, no. We're having trouble contacting the vendor because the vendor doesn't speak English and I don't speak Japanese. Yeah. Like, there was no intermediate third-party person in the United States distributing Ramane. They actually had to call someone in Japan and hope that, like, send over money and hope Ramane arrived. Oh, no, it was very much a, it's like, oh, Tokyo Pop is evil, East Coast version. Tokyo Pop gets the stuff there reliably. All hail Tokyo Pop, who may <laughs> or may not be evil. 
We accept the evil and our mantis overlords, for they bring us great bounty. <laughs> Thank you, Tokyo Pop, for reliably releasing stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so, Anime Boston. This week we will be talking about Anime Boston. I will recant the story of... I'm not going to go over all the times I've ever been, because I've been twice, and only one of them featured you, and that's really the one worth talking yes, about. Yes, I, I have been a... I've, I have been to Anime Boston quite a few more times than Jeff has been, mostly because my parents at one point said the dangerous phrase of, it's a cartoon convention, what's the worst thing that could happen there to a 13-year-old me, and just were like, yeah, we'll drop you off, have fun. Yeah, what's the worst that could happen? You realize how horrific it could get. Yeah, so, uh, Anime Boston is a con divided amongst itself, where, um, the big East Coast com- uh, anime conventions um, is Otakon or Otako. It's Otakon, right? O T A K O N. I've never heard of. Well, I mean, I've heard Otakon before. Otakon or Otakon, if you will, from Metal Gear Solid. Yes, they they share a name so much so that in the Metal Gear Solid games we've been playing, it's like and special thanks to Otakon. I thought it was pronounced Otakon for the first couple years of my life for letting us use the name still or like acknowledging it's a thing that's out there. Well, when they introduce the character, he actually says, like, they call me that because I like anime. Yes. Lots of taku, but yeah. So, well, no, it's... Or, never mind, go yeah. on. But so Otakon, Otakon, however you want to pronounce it, is the biggest of the East Coast anime convention party cons. And Anime Boston is this weird half-party con, half-super-legitimate anime convention. And by party mm-hmm. con, I mean... Yeah, after, like, 6 p.m., kids shouldn't be here. That's probably still true of AB. That's mostly because they kick over to just adult content. No, yeah, what I'm saying is imagine if the levels of 6 p.m. after Anime Boston were a constant convention. That is Otacon, or Otacon. That makes you want to (laughs) go. It's fun. I've been once. It was... at the age of, like, 14, someone just handed me a beer when I was walking in the hallways and was like, you're over 14, right? And I'm like, yes, legally. <laughs> don't check my ID. I'm exactly over 14. Spoiler, I don't have an ID. <laughs> I can't drive. Yes, uh, that, that that thing is always about, one, at least back when I was younger, was one hair width away from just someone eventually yelling, Okay, so this is officially an orgy, right? <laughs> um, but anime Boston. So back to AB. So I'll start this story at the beginning, which is I got there. So my mom, as a graduation present, decided that she would rent a hotel room for us. She would stay there, make sure none of us died or anything, and um, put up with us. And she actually wound up having a fantastic time and thought it was the great, or it was great, and like. I could probably talk her into doing it again pretty easily. Because um, she actually had a fantastic time hanging out with the nerds. That said, my mom has a chemical engineering degree and a veterinary degree. Or, well, her veterinary doctorate. So, uh, she's a nerd. She doesn't watch anime, though. Um, but, so our day started somewhere around... Well, for you, it was somewhere probably around 6.45 in the morning? Yeah, that sounds about right. For me, it started around 9 a.m., when I arrived and met up with them and they let me in line with them, which fortunately the people around us were totally cool about. Thank you to those guys. 
So, that year, which was dubbed the Line Con. Oh my god. So, they had a room that was supposed to be filled with computers that the convention was promised. And the Heinz Convention Center, like, fucked it up and, like, double-booked the room. No, and no, took they the room gave away. it to the beauty pageant. Yeah, the Heinz Convention Center gave away their room for whatever reason. And because of that, they went down from having, like, ten computers to two. And we were there till probably, what, 8 p.m.? Something like that. 7 or 8 p.m. is when we finally got out of the line. And after that, we went to the food court. We all got our cheeseburgers or whatever. And Charlie just goes something along the lines of, by God, I am doing something fucking anime today. I think my exact phrase is, we are doing something anime-ass today. And I'm like, what's happening? Oh, they're showing Godanner. We're gonna go watch Godanner. What's Godanner? Shut up and watch Godanner. Yes. And this was the beginning of, like, this was the, like, toe-in-the-water trial or rite of passage was watching Godanner, because there's nothing wrong with Godanner, but it is definitely... Godanner's also shameless. Uh, Godanner is a combination of fetish anime and mecha. Yep, it's pretty fantastic. It has great lines, like when... Or the girls... It takes two people to pilot everything, because why not? No, it's because they merge. The mechas merge. (sighs) Um, So they merge the mecha, and all of a sudden, a giant joystick or... I don't know, like freaking it's a joystick. Yoke. It's a joystick. Rockets out from between her legs. She's like, "Holy shit, what's this thing?" And the guy goes, "Don't ask questions. Just grab onto it." <laughs> or no, he says, uh, "Grab onto it. I'll explain later." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, no, I'm sorry. So that's how it's gonna be." <laughs> You're missing the best way of describing Godanner, which is the German mecha pilot team is a dominant. I haven't seen the full show like you no, no, have. No, it showed up in them. the things we were watching, like episode for two seconds. Yeah, but it's the German mecha pilot team is a dominatrix and her sub, who's like, yes, mistress. Yes, e- exactly. Engage now, yes, mistress. <laughs> that is Godanner. Like, if you want that out of a mecha show, that is what Godanner is. Or if you just want a good laugh, it'll still provide It is a fantastic farcical look at the world of mecha anime. Yes. So, Godanner was, like, the only thing that was going on, the only thing playing. We weren't going to, like, go through Artist Alley after the artists have gone home and, like, all that shit. So, we go, we watch, like, two episodes of that, and then they put on... uh, Can you name the show? Not a damn Something Bell. Um, but spoiler, it was Yaoi. No, it wasn't Yaoi. It was almost Yaoi. Yeah. So it's the show. Which makes it worse and better. It, I can't even remember if this was in the pre-show or, like, after if we talked about this. But, like, so the show, like, fucking, it's about the newest in pretty boy technology getting sent to a school that's already got the latest and greatest in pretty boy technology. And the kid gets there and is having the whole kind of like, I'm new and out of place and awkward. Why does everyone want to fuck me? 
you know, you have to back up comedic. And, you have to back up and remember the greatest line they say in the first like minute and a half of that show. I, I remember the final episode much more vividly, so please go on. That the principal of the school drops the great line of, men were not meant to be in a boarding school with just other men. It tur- it, while every man on the campus is straight, the lack of sexual output does things to you. Yes, this show was not very subtle. Oh, yeah. But it definitely epitomized... Where one character, the main character gets, like, attacked by someone, probably someone jealous. Um, also, there's Elite Hackzor in there somewhere. I can't believe we're talking about this. Oh, God. It, this is the Rite of Passage <laughs> podcast where we talk about, like, the bonding Jeff and Charlie did. Where, like, I guess we're friends now. That can't be undone. <laughs> um, it's one of those, like, we can't, we can't both walk the earth and not know this about the other somewhere somehow this experience happened unfortunately and um so so to cut a graphic story short yeah so the main character gets like attacked in the woods by some character who's jealous that one of the other pretty boys wasn't interest or was too interested in the main character too interested being the correct phrase and then Another third third individual comes and thwarts off the attacker. And the main character is like, oh, thank you for doing that for me. And you go, have you sustained injury? What? Are you hurt? <laughs> well, I guess my elbow kind of hurts. The guy grabs his arm, holds it over his head, and proceeds to start furiously licking his elbow. Licking his elbow. And then finally, deadpan stares him in the eye and goes, Contamination or decontamination complete. <laughs> oh my god, you can't write this shit. But uh, someone did. did somewhere. And then, like, after it ended, I literally immediately fell on the floor, fell into the fetal position, and started rocking myself and to comfort myself. And you were just sitting there like, hmm, he's taking it well. <laughs> and so to, to back up a couple steps, I as we alluded to, I'd been going to Anime Boston for Far longer than I should have been allowed to have unsupervised. Like, my parents, bless them, were like, it's a cartoon convention. What's the weirdest thing that could happen to him there? That. There's a lot of <laughs> porn here, isn't there? A frightening <laughs> amount. Am I allowed to watch it? Sure, 13-year-old Charlie. Sure. Are you 18? Don't ask. Don't tell. I'm gotcha, a, kid. <laughs> I'm the height of an 18-year-old. Good enough for us. Yeah. They definitely started, du- or the year that we went, they carted us to get into the dubbing. But yes. that, that comes later well, in the we're convention. We're getting to that. So I don't remember most of what we did the next day because most of it's irrelevant except for two panels, which are the ones that if you go, if they sold a pass to Anime Boston that literally ran, was like, okay, you enter at 10 p.m. and you leave at 2 a.m. and you just go to these two panels and maybe a third one. So the maybe a third one is Dubs Anime or Dubs Time Forgot, which is a panel about horrifically dubbed shows and is very funny. And then there's its older brother, Bad Anime Bad. On well, those third which is, one, I'm not sure if you know about or not. They may have not done it the year you went. And then be a fourth one for my list because I'm holding the dubbing's the last yep. one, which um, we'll get to explaining that. And those who already know already know, but 
don't dwell on it too for my for now. The one I'm thinking of is your favorite anime sucks. Oh yes, and your favorite anime sucks. Um, so we'll start with bad anime bad. Yeah. No, no, go in so, the list. Go in the list. Start with Dub's Time Forgot. Or Dub's Time Forgot. Um, I remember watching it. Uh, I think I actually went to that one not the year that you were there. Yeah. Um, I went to that one the next year, and I forget the show that we watched, but it was some really old like. 80 show that had the bad literal translations that like uh, where the English stumbles over itself because they kept like the Japanese syntax for words and stuff and like just didn't translate the phrase they just translated the literal words and you get a horrible staggered horrific uncomprehensible mess um so the next one was I believe Bad Anime Bad, and I think after that came Your Favorite Anime Sucks, yep. because the Bad Anime Bad guy was on the Your Favorite Anime Sucks yep. panel. So Bad Anime Bad is one of my favorite things, and it is one of the two to go for, where this guy gets up there, and they put puts on these horrific fucking shows, and we just, as a group, ridicule them. And he kind of mind-rapes you for two hours. Yes, and at the end, you wind up with like your brain. It, it your brain feels more mushy afterwards. These like watching shows Napoleon are so Dynamite. bad they hurt to watch. Yes, these are organ curdling shows, but they are all in the category of so bad it comes back around to good. But um, but only none if of them are just the fall on their face bad bad. But ones. only if you're drinking. Although there is no alcohol involved, drinking helps. I strongly encourage it if you can do it. There is no drinking um, anime Boston. There is totally drinking publicly. anime Boston. <laughs> There's no... No one at the convention will admit it. That said, I'm pretty sure we've all seen, like, six of the staff of the convention go off into a van and hotbox it. I definitely did not walk around most of the Saturday of anime Boston with a um, full-throttle energy drink that was half black rum. Mm-hmm. But, um, so Bad Anime Bad has introduced me to such amazing feats of cinematography as Garzi's Wing, Magnos, Defenders of Universe, Attack of the Super Beast, Dracula, and Frankenstein are all the ones that I've gotten to see. Dracula holds a special place in my heart. It's the anime version of Scooby-Doo, but worse. (laughs) Oh my god. I went, I watched that one afterward, it... The year I saw it, he only got to get through some of it. He didn't get to go through all of it. But man, that show's fucking bad. Uh, My favorite one, without a doubt, is Garzi's Wing. um, Because that one is the most what-the-fuck out of the collection. Um, Also, it's from the Bison Wells storyline, so I guess it... I don't know, it's somehow like tied in with like the writer of Gundam Wing or something. Like mm. the guy who wrote this piece of shit went on to actually do great things, which makes it even funnier to me. Um But that's where that all got played. That's where I learned about all those things and where I get the t- my horrific taste in anime. Another rite of passage. So then we went to your favorite anime sucks. Which is basically a panel where they get like six people up there, you give them an anime, and they tell you a lot of the things wrong with it in a comedic way. No, they, they just tell you why everything you love is terrible for an hour and a half, and it's fantastic. Because it's the six angriest con staffers who have obviously had a bad day, and it's like, let's fucking tear some shit in half now. Yeah, 
And they, I remember they got up there and they're like, "Spoil, we will be doing spoiler." By the way, Spike dies at the end of Bebop. <laughs> Thanks. The fall. What night? Are you contemplating having to bleep that out? <laughs> nope. Who hasn't sh- seen Bebop? That show is old. <laughs> I say that said, I've seen that show, and I went into it knowing nothing about it except that fact. Yeah. Because everybody tells it to you. Yep. Spike um, dies at the end. Okay. Okay, and the rest of the show's still good. Oh, okay. How much impact does it have? Well, really it's a 24-episode show. 22 of those episodes are completely unimpacted. Yep. Um, it's so, pretty obvious after a certain point Spike is going to die. Yep. So long, Space Cowboy. Yep. Um, so you raised your hand for shit on my favorite anime, and you chose Gantz. I did choose Gantz. And uh, they basically made fun of the amount of blood that that... No, the best part was they paused, and they're like, you're not old enough to know what Gantz is. <laughs> they also did all of their own pedigrees on anime, on, like, how they got into it, and, like, <laughs> all the bad decisions that led to here. Yep. Kind of thing. Um, Are you ready to get into the meat and potatoes? You mean the hentai dubbing? I mean the hentai dub. Of course, I'm ready to get. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to talk about hentai. You started this whole conversation waiting for this. Whenever, like if if someone says dubbing, my brain immediately goes hentai dubbing. Hentai dubbing. Okay, so this is by far and above the best panel of the whole thing. I don't care if you're in or not into hentai. That's fine. That has no bearing on the experience that you. In will fact, have. if you don't like it, it might be better. Hmm. So. Let's back up a step. Do you want to explain what hentai is for our listening audience, Jeff? Because there's no guarantee they know what it is. It's animated porn. It's so um, much more than that, though. It is often because you don't require doesn't require normal humans. Fetishes are encouraged typically, even the off-putting ones. <laughs> Especially, Especially the, the off-putting, off-putting ones. One. Also, I mean, I. We're on the fucking internet. I don't know who isn't aware of tentacle porn. Yeah, you'd be surprised. But... I'd be surprised. Okay, so hell, or <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. Jump on the shark. Um, so tentacle porn. It's what it audience. sounds like. Sometimes squid, sometimes giant monsters. Anyway, sometimes just a all... dude with nine prehensile penises. Or that. All always very rapey. <laughs> um. Obviously, no one at Something Wicked Studios is into this. We're just acknowledging it. Speak for yourself. Okay, I will speak for myself. No, I'm not into it either. It's always been a little bit... Yep, this is... Yep. (laughs) Yep, this is yep. Put that on the t-shirt. So, the dubbing is this guy named Dick Tripwire, who professionally makes hentai... And he gets up there with two co- or of a with a scene, and he has two copies of it. One with dialogue and one without. So first they play the one with dialogue, which to begin with, he writes some real wacky zany porn. That has some very funny one-liners. Okay, such so you as, never figured this out. Those were specifically written for the event. Okay, they are specifically yeah. for it. Okay, so they are specifically written for it. That's fine. Doesn't change my experience in any way. And then they call two people out of the crowd to then enact the scene. And improv and, is encouraged. 
Improv is encouraged. However, you are allowed to verbatim read the script if you're not feeling very improv-y. Now, to start this off, to get the crowd warmed up, they always play the song Violent Pornography by System of a Down. Last time I went, they played it. They actually had a live band playing it and everything, which was great. Um, especially considering it takes place right after the video game orchestra. I don't know why they hire any of those poor guys to come up. Oh, they that'd be sick. Who wants to play violent pornography? Yes! This is where my night is going, apparently. Let me look at the tab. Oh, yeah, I can play this with my eyes closed. <laughs> um, so, they did that, or they do that, and by uh, we're coming back again, these rites of passage. Before we started, before anything started, Charlie turned to me and said, Now, Jeff, you are required to every time raise your hand and keep it there and raise it with complete enthusiasm in all honesty, in the genuine hope you will be called on. You are not allowed to be shy here. You are required to do this every time. They God, are opting to call on to people. What? I was such an asshole to you back then. <laughs> Nothing's changed. No, no, it hasn't. But I'm all the more thankful for it. Because the, ne- the year afterward, I got to go with my girlfriend, and I had her under one arm, and I gave her the same speech. And, and you got to make it as creepy as possible. It's like, now you're going to raise your hand every time they ask for volunteers. And you're yes. going to raise it as high and as happy as you can, because you want to get picked. Yes, you know but you want to get picked. I have not gotten to the second year I went, though. Because I've got two fantastic stories from that. Oh, God. Um, you probably know one of them. You may not know I the other. I may know them. Uh, you may know both. My but, memory uh, is a memory. So the dubbing, it, it gets so disturbingly hilarious. Like, It's where such phrases as, I'm going to ride you like a chocobo come from. And you're sleeping in the wet spot. And then, um, so the guy who makes it all made this little video on, like, the make... It was the making of a porn. Sound effects that go into it and stuff. Yes. And he started out with, like, the history of tentacle porn, which was one guy was making a porno. And the uh, and guy number two was like, the penis is too small. So the guy drew it bigger, and he's like, the penis is still too small. So he drew it the size of the full page. He's like, it's still too small. So they taped, like, ten pieces of paper together and drew it across that. He's like, yeah. Can you get, like, nine of them? <laughs> And they go into all this behind the scenes and they get this voice actress. And this is a mockumentary making Hellbeast 9, now with more tentacles. And they ask the voice actress, like, what are... Do you guys actually have sex in the booth? She goes, no, I wish. We do this instead. And she takes out a tan of tuna. And she starts playing with it with a fork. And she's like, this is how we get the noises. And it's all like... It makes all the, like, terrible squishing noises. And she goes, and for the really graphic scenes, I get this. And she just has, like, a little kid's sandcastle bucket filled with cottage cheese. And she's fisting it. (laughs) And it just runs text across the bottom. You will never look at cottage cheese the same ever again. And I haven't since the first time I saw that damn video. Oh, my God. And it's so funny. And then they had this entire side plot about one of the voice actors couldn't uh voice act appropriately if he wasn't naked 
So he's just walking around the studio naked, and then he's like, I just can't get in the character. Like, I, I just need certain something. And then the next scene, the director and the uh, guy who makes it are both naked. Like, now you shoot the scene! And they did an entire montage of holding, like, phallic things in front of the guy's crotch, and then the the guy who makes the hentai, like, holds out, like, a 12-inch sub and starts eating it. <laughs> it's all in front of where the guy's dick is. It's all very clever if you hadn't figured it out by now, and not at all yes. juvenile. Oh, Yes. It's fantastic. I need to go and, like, super tag the crap out of the start of this. Like, seriously, we always tag this as explicit, but this is especially explicit. Especially explicit. And some notable um, one. I, uh, this is going to be from the second year, but this one's great. So he's looking through the crowd, and it was right after Macho Man Randy Couture died. Or, or Randy Savage, sorry. Yeah. Um, and... A guy was there just dressed as uh, Macho Man, and he gets up there, and the guy's doing the entire scene, and the girl's like, oh, oh, do me hard. He's like, you know, you remind me an awful lot about this bitch that I was fucking with. I believe her name was Ric Flair. It wasn't bad. (laughs) And he's doing this entire Macho Man impression and just, like, shitting on WWE stars. All to the rhythms of a porno, and while a girl is voice acting, him fucking her. It was so disturbingly funny. And, and another year. notable contestant was Master Roshi. <laughs> Some kid dresses Master Roshi goes, Ha! I know you're a pervert. <laughs> he pulls the guy up there. And he actually got to do a three-way scene with two other girls. He's like, okay, you do the older girl. You do the younger girl. You <laughs> have fun. So that was pretty fantastic. Though the most famous one of all, which was a year I didn't get to go, but we all are aware of, which is the year that Chewbacca I was got there up for that. There. You were, I was I not. I was there for that. Yep. Oh, God, I just realized I have three stories. Oh, God. Uh, unfortunately, the, one of them is going to be very esoteric because it requires a, a, a person that only you and me know. Fair. So... Um, but that, that, that's another story. That's going to be when I describe the second year, but the Chewbacca one, supposedly you can find it on YouTube and it is fucking amazing. I I can vouch for that. It is Chewbacca and a biker doing a lesbian scene and (laughs) Chewbacca stays in character the entire time. Yes. It is... The issue was, it's like, where do you go from here? This is the best it will ever be. Yeah, the next year Chewbacca, or I was there the year after, and he's like, Chewbacca, we love you. You had your year. We're not going to top it. We got to make something new. So he didn't take up Chewbacca. The, no, and that the collective year. groan of no, just do it again two years in a row. We're like, no, no, we were here last year. We know what happened. Uh, so do you have anything you want to comment on or no, supplement that, or should I, I jump into my? I am a tad older than Jeff, so I got to go to this stuff a little bit longer than he did. I also was far better at faking being over the age of 18. So I would just kind of mm-hmm. be like, hey, I'm here. You're not 18, sucker. <laughs> so I, I, I was going to a bunch of these things a lot longer than I should have. I'm mm-hmm. sure the statute of limitations has passed. If not, I'm sorry, Anime Boston. You let a 14-year-old, a 15-year-old, a 16-year-old, a 17-year-old, and an 18-year-old, I guess at that point you're not letting them in, into a bunch of stuff you should not have, which I'm sure has mentally scarred me in some weird way. 
Mm-hmm. Now nah, they all kind of blur together eventually for me. Like it's you covered the major events. I bad anime bad and was always a highlight for me. I don't think they did it the year you went to it. Did they do um? Oh God, what was it called? Um, artist oh. Artist Alley After Dark. No, but I just realized something that you need to talk about. It's Nigel, one of the many years that you went to what? Nigel. No. What? So, kaiju. Oh big yeah, I can, I can talk about that. Oh, so um, I do remind you of something. Um, you know what you missed at PAX East? What? Fucking kaiju big battle. Fuck! I want to see kung fu chicken noodle. <laughs> the guys from Fight Giant Doctor, Bomber in it, even Doctor Cube. Nah, so I, as Jeff just mentioned, um, for a couple years they were trying to legitimize Anime Boston in the weirdest and best ways possible, to the point where it's like Kaiju Big Battle will have a live filming Sunday afternoon. What? Yeah. So I got to go to that. I got um, uh, the one. You, okay, uh, yeah. you made me stop and explain tentacle porn. Explain Kaiju Big Battle, because almost... That's how esoteric. How do you explain Kaiju Big Battle? I've... I... Pretty easily. I, so, uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm being a jerk. So, Kaiju Big <laughs> Battle is um, wrestling in essentially Power Ranger villain outfits, or worse, sometimes this guy in banana costumes or yes. something like that, in a wrestling ring them. that has, like, paper mache and cardboard buildings and shit put up about it, and it's just... They have a live Godzilla fight. Yeah, they, it's, it's a live... It's, he's, he's right, it's a live not to scale, but to scale Godzilla fight, and it's always oh, they're Amazing. fantastic. I, it's, there's a bunch of videos of it out there if you're curious what it is. Googling Kaiju Big Battle will find it. They still film it. I thought they stopped doing it, but apparently they do not. I, it's... It may be one of my favorite kind of anime culture things out there, because it's mm. so over the top. If you're a fan of wrestling and you don't know what Kaiju Big Battle is, you fucked up. To get acquainted. Get acquainted, yeah. It is it is some of the best bad wrestling out there. <laughs> Alright, so... Wow, we're actually... I'm now looking at the time of recording. We're actually gone longer than we want, but I've got like three stories and keep two going, topics. Keep going, keep going. Yeah. Until so, dawn. more just talking about Anime Boston is, um, one, there's the rave, which the one of the first bits of advice I got going to Anime Boston, more rites of passage, so, I guess, uh, to back was up do not drink anything handed to you at the rave or any of the water at the back of the rave. So, to back up a step, after my many years of going to anime conventions and similar conventions, I assembled a kind of makeshift survival guide if we're going to spend the entire weekend at an anime convention, here are some things you should do. Shower every day, apply deodorant, do not drink the water at the rave. Seriously, do not drink the water at the rave. Whatever you do, do not drink the water at the rave. And above that, do not drink anything someone hands you in a Diet Coke bottle wrapped in duct tape. That too. That too. You all think this is Pepsi, but you're wrong. Yes. <laughs> so that's that's our PSA. And so yeah, um, the, the story Jeff is getting to is we had a friend that went to the rave and drank the water at the rave. And when I looked at him and said, what is the one thing I told you not to do? 
drink the water at the rave. Don't drink the water at the rave. It's cool. I didn't drink the water the guy was pulling his hand out of. <laughs> yeah, and he had a not-so-great experience that day. Woo! Yep. Lesson learned. Yep. Uh, more statute of limitations to AB. We're sorry. No, we had um, a, me and another me and our mutual friend who tames wolves. Um, did well, the nose both mutual friends, did the but. nose game of who has to babysit him till his high wears off, and he lost. Nah. <laughs> oh, this is a true story. True story. Um, he was so, pissed the next day. He's like, "Fucker didn't burn out his system for three goddamn hours." I'm like, "Yeah, sorry, man." Well, he was warned. Yeah, no, it's a, um, it was the, well, Jeff won't know what to look for, and I don't want to do this, and I don't want to do this. Nose goes, damn it. <laughs> so the next thing that I wrote down for topics is something that we've alluded to multiple times but never really gone into depth is, which is the tube. Ah, yes, the tube. So the first year that I went, uh, which is the year that we've still been talking about because I haven't jumped to the next one yet, is the year that... So we were getting all kinds of swag and posters and shit, and in the Heinz Convention Center, there's a goddamn... Postal UP, store. Postal store. And our friend went in and bought, like, a blueprint tube. It was like, yeah, I'm just, just going to keep posters just a shipping in shipping tube, yeah. And then we wound up going through all of Artist Alley and getting it signed. And it became the tradition that from then on that every year that we any of us went... Whoever was there had to go through Artist Alley and get as many signatures on the tube as possible. But you're missing the very important part of the story. You have to thrust the tube in their face and say, sign my tube? Sign my giant white tube, but yeah. Yes. Um, also one of the crucial steps to this. Um, and I've got signatures from, I think probably the most famous person on there is the guy who draws VG cats is on there. Uh, one of my ex's friends drew a dick on it. I can see that. It's the, the only thing, dick I can on see there, really? Here. Really? It's the only dick drawn on there? It's the only dick drawn on here. Really? Yeah, only one. It's very veiny, though. <laughs> um, so, the two required required some uh, explaining, because, you know, if there's any of you out there who go to conventions, it's a great way to get signatures and to uh, keep your swag, so... I would love to see people listen to this podcast, which they don't, but if they ever do, to listen to this podcast and start the tube tradition and start getting people to sign tubes. I think that'd be absolutely fantastic. If you're starting listening to the podcast with this episode, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, joy. It's normally not this full of tentacle penises. Well, at least not on camera. Yeah. <laughs> um... So, those are the two topics I wanted to talk about before we wrap this. Now the three stories. So, the first one. So, my ex and I went, or, I went the next year with who the girl who's now my ex. So A woman you were dating at one point. Yes. So, we were there, and she goes, hey, there's this really funny panel about fucked up porn. That it was like some, like, weird porn panel and like the things they went into is they were like what they were talking about this like one show they didn't show anything they only talked about it there's like this one show where there's like girl like goes into the pantry and then her like significant other comes in but she spills pasta and then tries to give him a blowjob with raw pasta in her mouth <laughs> like it's just like dumb stupid weird shit yep 
And I'm there, I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, this is my girlfriend's idea, so, you know, I'm here scot-free. I'm, you know, enjoying myself, relaxed, it's good, everything's going well. All of a sudden, I feel like four taps on my shoulder. And I just go, no. Nobody here is allowed to recognize me. No one in this room's allowed to recognize me. And I turn, hey, Whitey, how's it going? To explain, so, we have a basically the, albino friend named Whitey. Yeah, well, he's not albino. But Basically uh, albino. Yes, but if he was albino, we'd be mean to call him that. Yes. Um, but it was our our friend Justin from high school, which that was just a weird scenario, which the fact that it's Justin will only make sense to Charlie, but just the story of like being recognized in a porn panel. The fact that not, Whitey was there surprises no one. The Yes, that fact surprises nobody. Um, so... The other one is that I uh, <laughs> I went to the dubbing with said ex as well. So again, I, I gave her, she's on her one arm. I gave her the speech of, you know, you have to raise your hand, shout loudly, and try to get, get up there and everything. And one of her friends got put up there. Her friend got up. And uh, it was at one of the funniest ones of the entire panel. And we wound up entering her name in my phone as the porn handle that she gave. Um, which, for the sake of argument, I'm going to say a cinnamon squirrel so that I don't out her because I know what the real name is. And uh, the ex borrowed my phone like several months later and was like, hey, do you mind if I call my friend? I was like, yeah, sure. And she's like, she knew the number by memory. I was like, I don't think I have her in my phone. I look up her name. She's not in there. She calls up. She looks up the number of her phone and says, "Now calling Cinnamon Swirl," <laughs> and we both like fell over laughing. And then the last one. Oh boy! So fortunately, no one I know, none of my ex's friends will be listening to this podcast. And I told this story to my ex, and she laughed. So I think it's okay to tell this one. So. I'm walking around the convention center and I see this person and I take one look and I go, oh my God. I turn to my ex and I go, there's a guy here dressed as Princess Zelda. And she goes, oh my God, really? I go, yeah. She goes, point him out if you see him again. I go, okay, I will. We walk about 10 more feet and all of a sudden I hear my ex's name being screamed very loudly. And I turn around and the person that I thought was a man dressed as Zelda is running towards us and is also not a man. It's my ex's friend. <laughs> also not technically dressed as Princess Zelda, but I didn't know the show was from. Yeah. And they were very similar shows. And my jaw, like, dropped. And fortunately, my ex didn't put two and two together and realize that that's who I was talking about. I told her the story several months later, and she thought it was fucking hilarious. So, so I'm off the hook on that one. I think, and I think it's okay that I told the story. Yeah, no, I have my many years of going to anime conventions and other things that involve cosplay have left me with my favorite game to play of man or woman. And there I are believe no there was a year you were right in both regards, right? Yes. I've that got, person turned out to be like a wicked cool person, didn't they? Uh, many years I've gotten very good at man versus woman, yes. <laughs> it's 
It's a very weird game of guessing the actual gender of someone, regardless of the character they're playing, so that you can then go hit on them appropriately if you see fit. <laughs> I was a terrible go hit person on them anyway. back in high school. We've established this already. <laughs> I think we've also established not much has changed. I'm not as bad as I used to be. <laughs> I've mellowed some. <laughs> but, uh... We're probably getting uh, time to wrap this thing up. Are there any other stories or things that stand out you'd like to inform the group on other than my rites of passage and uh, no, you're, abusing you're, me? Your rites of passage were always a favorite topic on this one because it was just... Uh, for those who haven't quite picked up yet, Jeff used to be a little bit more buttoned up around the collar than he is these days, and yeah. I took it upon myself to um, expose him to the horrible wonders that were the world we lived in, and... That occasionally ranged from watching Jeff freak the fuck out to watching Jeff really freak the fuck out again. <laughs> and it, it just never got old in some ways. Always with a certain level of malicious glee, but at the same time, I think I yelled the phrase, this is good for you at one point during anime. anime <laughs> that Boston. may have happened. This is good or for you. What you probably said is this is for your own good. I can yeah. believe you said that. <laughs> I, I could definitely believe I said that at some point. I, I want to give a quick shout-out to... I don't think... They did it only two years because the second year it was like, we can never do this ever again because... Uh-oh. They did a mm -hmm. thing called them Artist Alley After Dark or something like that where a lot of the people that do the Artist Alleys have panels that talk about like their work and their careers and whatever. And Artist Alley After Dark was six of the rowdier ones drunk off their asses telling you what it's actually like to be an artist who relies on anime conventions to make a living and stuff like that. It was the uncut, unfiltered, like, that time the hotel room became an orgy or, like, I walked into the wrong room, saw some shit, and was like, eh, I'm gonna go sleep in the tub. Mm-hmm. <laughs> College point... 5.0. Beyond college Sorry. in some ways. Like, th th these were times, like, I think I, my favorite one was there was a convention that, I'm not sure what it was actually for, but it was, like, unofficially, like, no, no, this is totally the Nerd Swinger convention, or the, the Nerd Swinger, like, meetup, and one of them was telling stories, like, yeah, I was there, I hooked up with this, like, weird group, and did ecstasy and boned for four days in a row and barely remember any of it. Mm -hmm. It's like, all I know is I was there and then I was hospitalized with, like, blood loss and ecstasy overdose. And this is someone else's story. Yeah, this was someone else's story from, like, the um, okay. panels. The way you said it, it sounded like that happened to you. <laughs> no, I... I Enough weird stuff happened at conventions. I would drink at conventions, but I was always kind of the uh, don't drink the rave water was a rule I, ab I abided by. Like, it was the don't get fucked up because this is a bad place to be totally fucked up because bad shit happens. Mm. There are plenty of people here dressed as uh, antagonists. I, Terrifying ones. Uh, beyond that, it, I, was Lion Con the year of Bunny Girl? Yes! Oh, Jesus! How do we talk about this without coming off as just the most lecherous scumbags? Ah, uh, we were 16 at the time. That's fair. Okay, so the... the no, we weren't <laughs> 16 at the time. We were both 18 at the time, but... Oh, yeah, we were. We weren't the pervious people there, so I... To tell this... We were also, like, within 10 feet of this individual. Yes. It wasn't like we were gawking at them across we, the room. We were stuck in line with them, yeah. So there was... 
one girl who we found out was crazy underage. Well, let's stop. So there was this girl there dressed in some kind of bunny outfit, like Playboy bunny style outfit, with like triple D's and was pushing five foot two. Yeah. And she had an absolute posse the entire convention. Big surprise. Surprise, surprise. And we basically spent like the first half of LineCon going, how fucking old is this person? Because they don't seem old. Yeah. And the ultimate like answer was like, 14? The answer was 14. Like, it was something disturbingly yeah, The low. answer was 14, and on top of that, the lady standing in line with her was her mom. Who was unfazed by the n- amount of attention she was getting. Yeah, it was a little weird. Yeah. And, like, t- to put this one in perspective, this was such a known girl throughout the convention that as we're stumbling around Sunday kind of saying goodbye to people and shit like that, I'm in the artist alley talked to some of the people we've befriended, basically being like, you know Bunny Girl? Yeah, the one the red thing? Yeah, she's 14, and everyone's reaction was, what the fuck? I need to undo some things in my life. Yeah. Fortunately, we we knew early on yep. about the problem. About the uh, trap to not fall into. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, so, so on that yeah, on that On that note... <laughs> So, any thoughts, words of wisdom? I don't know. I'm, I don't go to make it much anymore because I'm old Say. and, like, cranky. Say, if you're young and you've got a good friend group, go with your high school uh, anime club. You uh, will have fun. You will meet new people, and you'll have experiences that you will regret, and they will be called rites of passage. And if you're very unfortunate, you will have friends like Charlie that will drag you into Yaoi. I just realized near I'm going to be at Anime Expo, I think, this year, actually. So, have fun. Yeah. Those my words of wisdom shouted quickly. I... Don't be embarrassed by the things you're into or whatever and go celebrate them or something like that. I don't fucking know. Be an individual. Be, a, be an individual of a, in a convention of equally individual people.